0: back Mets fans to a brand new week of Raise the Apple. Going to be a relatively short episode today. Not much going on because it's, it's been a tough week for the New York Mets. They have fallen to 500 on the year, the first time in a long time. They're currently still sitting third in the NL East. The Braves and Phillies are getting hot at the right time. You have Uh, They got swept by the Dodgers at home this past weekend. The first two games, they both lost in extra innings. Then they lost last night to the Giants in game one of that series. It sucks right now. It's hard. And I know I keep saying, you know, try and stay positive and all that stuff. And it is true. It still holds true. But it is also, I'm not going to deny it, it is frustrating watching them lose as much as they have of late, you know I have full faith in this team, like I've always said. But it's it is tough to watch right now. It's not it's not fun. It's not fun to lose in anything. Let I mean I don't really know how else to put it. But when you look at the standings right now, I'm looking them up uh, just to double check. So they're three and a half out of for, out of first. The Braves have a game and a half lead over the Phillies for first in the division. And then in the terms of the wild card, the Mets are six and a half back. The Dodgers and Padres hold the top two spots. The Mets would have to leapfrog the Phillies, the Cardinals, and the Reds to get to that second wild card spot. So it's it's going to be tough to jump all those teams, which is why it's in the NL East we were expecting maybe th- two or three teams out of that division in the playoffs. We very very well may only see one. It may be one and done. It's division or bust for these teams, considering how the Giants have surprised everyone, and they have no signs of slowing down. So, but after, when you look at the stretch they're in now, they have the Dodgers and Giants for the next 13 days, and then after that, if we take if I take a quick peek at their schedule, I know they have a bunch of games with the Marlins and Nationals. So after this stretch with the Dodgers and Giants starting the 27th of August all the way through the 9th of September. So that's oh, a one, if I can do math here, one, almost a two-week stretch where they only play the Nationals and Marlins. Why that's a big deal? That will be a huge stretch for this team. When that is the easiest time to pick up wins, they have a three-game set with, the Nationals, then they have four with the Marlins. They have one, two, three, four, five with the Nats. There's some double headers thrown in there. Three more with the Marlins. And then they play some competitive teams down the stretch with the Yankees, Cardinals, and Phillies, Red Sox, and Brewers before they end the year with Miami and Atlanta. So if they could come out of this stretch, hopefully at this point six or seven or seven and six, and then they can pick up all those wins during this uh, that the stretch after the fact where they only play the Marlins and Nationals, that might be a potential make or break situation. I don't want to say make or break until you know, like I've said before, until they have an E next to their name in the standings, they are more than capable of winning or getting a playoff spot. But you don't have much room for error at this point in the season, so. Hopefully they could come through in this stretch. The offense has picked it up. The pitching is kind of taking a step back a little bit. And just overall, the ball's not really falling in the Mets' favor right now. I mean, there's really no other way to put it. So, But there's one other thing as it starts to rain that I, not Mets-related. It is baseball-related, obviously, but it's kind of a fun little thing. I think I did an episode like this. Way back when uh, I first started this podcast, I did, like what would I would do if I were commissioner? I think it's probably a really early episode. I think I may have done it before. But ESPN released an article today, or this morning I should say, and it was kind of like that. It was what they would do, or the writers that contributed to it, what they would do if they were in charge of baseball. If they had a brief tenure, what would they do to improve the game for the fans? Now, they talked about a couple different things during this article. I'm going to run through each section, not explain what they said, but explain my, my thoughts on each thing. So for, exa- so, for example, if they talk about you know changing uniform colors or something, that would be the topic, and I'll give my thoughts on that. That was a horrible example, but you get the idea. So the first thing they talked about was shortening the season. Plain and simple, they said MLB regular season should be shortened by a month. So, in theory, it would be, if I'm interpreting that correctly, end in August, playoffs in September, and then you're done. Their reasoning behind it, in summary, because, you know, you got other sport; It's such a long season, and you have football starting up, hockey's getting going. You're losing fans because of that, because there's all the excitement and the start of the new seasons for other sports. Would I shorten the season? Yes and no. I would not shorten it by that much. If I if I were to sh- I don't know if I would. I'm. This is the like I've said before. I'm mixed of old school and new school. The old school in me wants to keep it as is with the 162 because of it's it's what we've come to know and love. But the new school in me likes even numbers for whatever reason. 150 games. You know That would shorten the season by about two weeks, just under two weeks, the regular season. Uh, Maybe give a little longer in the All-Star break, or maybe start a little later, something like that. I don't really know how I would do that one. That one's a little tricky one, because I could see the argument for both uh, shortening it and keeping it the way it is. I personally enjoy it the way it is, just because I like having something from February until October I have baseball and then when baseball's over until that time in between there's football and hockey and all that and we're just waiting for spring waiting for baseball to start back up again I like how just it takes up so much but I enjoy that that's just my personal thing I personally enjoy how long the season is but I understand why a lot of people may want it to be a little bit shorter than what it currently is the next one I definitely can get behind expand and realign the leagues by geography. So right now the league is set at 30 teams. They suggested 32 teams, so you would add one American League team, one National League team, excuse me, and realign the division so it's based on geography. So for example, the football divisions are kind of based on geography a little bit, like the AFC North. I'm a Steelers fan, so the AFC North is the Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. They're all in the kind of in the same general area. And in, M- in Major League Baseball, it's kind of like that. A lot of the uh, West Coast teams are not not so much in the same general area, but it's more so on the East Coast that the teams in those divisions are in the same general area. But, I mean, if let, let's say they keep the same name. So it would be the... NL East would most likely consist of, if you keep the teams in their leagues, that division would probably be, off the top of my head, Mets, uh, Phillies, Pirates, Nationals. I'm sure I'm forgetting someone. Maybe something like that. Or if you have uh, the AL East would consist of. Probably Baltimore, Yankees, Red Sox, like it does already. Um, who else would be in there? I'm trying to think off the top of my head geographically, and I'm not doing a very good job of it. But you could also intertwine the leagues, So you could have just in, uh, who do, uh, basketball does that, right? NBA does that, East and West Conference. You could have you know the Eastern League or something like that. I don't know. I don't like this idea but this is a possibility of what you could do. You could have, like, what they do for spring training. You have the Grapefruit League and the Cactus League, like that, but during the regular season. I don't, I'm not necessarily a fan of that for the regular season, just because, and then they would have, like, the top five or six teams in each league make the playoffs or something like that. I'm not a fan of it because I think it limits the the potential for competition, if that makes sense. I limit, because when you have one giant thing you have all these teams you have to hurdle but if you have all these little divisions then it's just to me it just seems more competitive to have three little divisions rather than just one thing and all you have to worry about is making top five or top six or something like that and you have to worry now you actually have to try and place first in your division or second and try and squeak into that wild card spot that makes sense i'm totally i'm totally down for expanding teams. Portland, Oregon has been a potential spot, so has Nashville. Mexico has been a possibility bringing a team back. I think Major League Baseball should add another team to Canada. Mexico might be a little tougher to get a team down there, but I would be open to that. I think if they definitely should add another team to Canada. If they add another if they add a team to Mexico or another team in the states remains to be seen, but I certainly see in the near future Major League Baseball expanding and adding at least two teams to the league. It would be one in each league, I would hope, for the sake of even numbers. But I, I definitely am down for that. The next one on the list, which I am against this one and the next one, so the two of them will tie together. Well, actually, no, because the first one I'm kind of, I don't really care about. That's the pitch clock. They want to bring in the pitch clock. The pitch clock, I like I mentioned earlier in the year, I work at a minor league stadium right now. And the pitch clock doesn't really bother me because I don't really notice it ever because it's never needed to be enforced, if that makes sense. Like, I've, I think I've seen maybe two or three times, not just this year, over the past, like, maybe, however, three or four years since they started the pitch clocks in the minor leagues, I've seen maybe two or three times where an ump actually enforced the pitch clock stuff with pitchers taking too long. I think it's one of those things it's nice to have there because you got Pedro Baez of the Pedro Biases of the world who take almost 40 seconds to throw a pitch, which is just absolutely ridiculous, or you have guys like Wade Miley that throw thrown a pitch every 2 seconds and they're working quick. I don't really care so much about the pitch clock just because, but I don't also don't want to rush the pitchers. I think the 20 seconds. I think it's at for minor leagues. I think 20 seconds is a good number, 15 to 20 seconds. I, I don't really notice it that much. I don't know if you guys do, but or if any other fans do. I personally don't notice it that much, so I'm not really too uh, hung up on that one. But the next one, I am. And speaking of umpires, it segues perfect into it. They said, bring in the robo umps absolutely not if you want to ruin the game of baseball you will bring in robot umps robot the way technology is becoming into, coming into baseball i like cuz it has its benefits but the way it is being used is being way too much we're relying way too much on it we do that in everyday society not just in sports but i'm not a fan of the ipads or i don't know if they're ipads or microsoft tablets or whatever they are The tablets in the dugout, not a fan of those. The idea of robot umps, definitely not a fan of that. Because you're taking away the human aspect of it, which I just... At what point do you add robot umps, at what point do we have robot players? All the humans do is hit, and then there's robots that run the bases for them, or something stupid like that. I think robot umps is dumb. I hope that never comes into Major League Baseball. If I were commissioner, I would axe that in a heartbeat. That'd be one of the first things I do because that is simply just not a good idea at all. I think it ruins baseball. I I like guys using technology to help them get better, you know, after the game watching film or like they do in football, they watch film, or in baseball you're watching your at-bats or if you're a pitcher, you're watching highlights of your outing or something like that. That I'm okay with. But when Pete Alon, uh, Pete, I don't know if Pete uses the tablets during games or not, but I'm just going to use him as an example. If Pete Alonso strikes out and then goes into the dugout and is instantly looking at the tablet to see what happened during that at bat, I'm not a fan of that. I don't like that at all. I think it needs to be more of the mental side of it, where you need to be engaged in the game, really think about it, and make those in-game adjustments. That's just I I can't stand the idea of the robot umpire. And I'm just not—I can't get behind these tablets in the dugout. And just too much technology going on it, on the field for my taste. Now, in something like the All-Star Game, where we, where it doesn't matter who wins or anything like that, like in 2017, I think it was, where it was in Miami, you had Nelson Cruz taking a selfie with Joe West and Yadi at the plate. In a game like that, in the All-Star Game, where it's just all about having fun, and there's nothing on the line. I'm okay with that, but like, in like a regular season game, I just I think that takes away part of the passion for it. If you ha- if you're just letting it, the technology do all the work for you, if that makes sense. The next thing, um, there's one, two, three, four. there's a couple more things to talk about. So the next one is very quick and easy: allowing trading of draft picks. I did not know, I'm going to be honest, I did not know that that was a rule until like two years ago that they weren't allowed to trade draft picks because I see it in hockey, in basketball, in football, all the time they're trading draft picks. And i always wondered, why does no one in baseball ever trade draft picks? But then I realized that they can't. It's against the rules. I don't see why not. I don't see what the why that would be a problem. Is trading some draft picks. I think that would encourage teams to make pushes to be competitive. I just overall, I, le- I, I could get behind that one. That doesn't seem like a huge deal or a huge topic, but I like the idea of it. Uh, the next one is perhaps the biggest one to me, the one I probably care about the most, and that is end streaming blackouts and loosen video rights restrictions. What does that essentially mean in a nutshell? End blackouts. If you have MLB TV, or app, is it, app, app, the app, but if you have MLB TV, you should have access, when you pay for it, you're paying for that subscription, you should have access to every single Major League Baseball game from the day one of spring training until game whatever it takes to win the World Series. You should have access to every single game for what you are paying for it. I think I, I had MLB TV for one year, for one year. And it's, I don't know off the top of my head. It's like 70 bucks maybe for the season or something like that. I don't know exactly. It's less than $100 for the season, for the basic version for a season. I don't know exactly how much. But I got it so I could watch the Mets because at the time, I did not have SNY. So that was the only way I could watch the Mets. And I couldn't watch them because when I go to watch the Mets, it's was blacked out, not available to view in my location. Why does it make sense that me living in New York, I can't watch the Mets, but I can watch the Seattle Mariners who are on the complete other side of the country? That is ridiculous. You're, lo- you're alienating an entire fan base. I could not watch Yankees, Mets, Indians, Reds, or Pirates games on MLB TV because of my location. Now, for the counter-argument... The reason they do that is to protect local stations. So to protect SNY of the Mets. Yes, Network of the Yankees. Fox Sports Ohio for the Reds and uh, Indians. Or now Guardians. Uh, whoever the Pirates local station is. It's meant to protect them. But I just... And I understand that part. But I think you can do both. I think you can protect them. People won't pay for MLB TV if they don't have, or if they already have that stuff. Like, I'm not going to pay for MLB TV if I already have SNY and Yes Network and all these other things to watch the local teams. I'm not going to waste my money on MLB Network or MLB TV. But if I don't have access to that, if I don't, then MLB TV is perfect for me so I can still watch all of those games. Plain plain and simple, And blackouts in baseball. I have, I bought a... Uh, hoodie from Momentum that still hasn't come in that says end blackouts in baseball. It's just pretty straightforward, end blackouts in baseball. Uh, The next one is to pay minor leaguers a living wage. I can get behind this one now to an extent. I don't think in the minor leagues from single A to triple A, I don't think that they should be paid, you know, Tatis money, like $340 million in the minor leagues. I don't think that's necessary but I 100% agree that they should at least be making a livable wage that they can have an apart. that they should be able to afford an apartment to with, let's say they're playing in Syrac- we'll use the Mets for example Syracuse Mets they're Mets, the Mets A team the guys on the Syracuse Mets their salary should be able to cover a place for them to live during the season an apartment or uh Uh, like sharing like the four guys on the team get an apartment together or something like that they should be able to have that they should be able to have a vehicle to get wherever they got to go they should be able to have meals uh, provided for them at the field for them if they choose or enough money to go get groceries to get their own food I've seen all the pictures and videos that you guys have of some of the stuff that these minor leaguers are given and some of it makes me sad to see especially with how much money is in professional sports for minor leaguers to be getting a chicken sandwich with chicken, lettuce, and tomato and their piece of chicken. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see how big, like that big, is the piece of chicken and then you got a hunkin' piece of lettuce and two slices of tomato on it. Like, come on. I definitely feel that they can make something happen where they can pay minor leaguers a little bit more. How that would happen, i I'm no financial expert by any means. I'm not an economics guy or any of that. I know basic money stuff, and that's about it. So, how I would personally plan that, I do not know, but I definitely can get, I'm definitely in favor of and support the idea of giving minor leaguers at least a little bit more than what they have. You know, I mean, I get it that they're playing a kid's game for a living, but we got to be able, they got to be able to do some stuff, and they got to be able to have some cushion because a lot of these guys in the minor leagues, they don't when the season's over they tra- and they're training for the following year they don't have any source of income. They're not like MLB guys who are who are getting money. they're not getting any income from anywhere and not nearly enough so I'm definitely in in favor of that. The next one is actually the last one so it is re it is labeled as rethink the role of the commissioner what that entails i how would you rethink the role of the commissioner of major league baseball basically if i were the commissioner and i was implementing all these rules the fans come first obviously the players come second The players are your workers. You, as the commissioner, are the boss. If your workers are not happy, your product will suffer. You will not make any money. Again, this is the basic business knowledge that I have. I'm trying to make sense of, trying to see how it can be interpreted to Major League Baseball, which I understand is a multi-billion dollar business. But if your workers are not happy with what you are doing as the boss then that is going to hurt your product and therefore hurt income, which hurts not only you as the commissioner in the league, but it also hurts 30 owners across Major League Baseball that are making money from these teams. So overall, I think all those changes are... Some of them are bigger than others, but some of them I definitely think are worth thinking about or are needed or not needed at all. Robot umpires. But that's pretty much... That on that, I'm wondering what your guys' thoughts are. If you guys have any suggestions or anything like that, make uh, comment or tweet at at us, and we'll maybe we'll talk about some of them next episode and see what you guys are also thinking on how we can better baseball essentially. But that's pretty much it. The last thing I want to talk about is the Field of Dreams game. It was last Thursday between the White Sox and the Yankees. Uh, Tim Anderson hit a walk off homer for the White Sox to win. It was the perfect ending for a perfect night MLB Major League Baseball did everything perfectly for the Field of Dreams game it was the most viewed game regular season game in the past 16 years for Major League Baseball you had them come out of the corn you had Kevin Costner there the aesthetic of it people Joe Buck said it best you know it was like the first couple innings people he thought he was in church people didn't know whether they were supposed to cheer or not that game Everything about that, Major League Baseball did right. Huge tip of the cap to Major League Baseball. They hit the head on everything. I hope they don't ruin it, meaning I hope they don't try and do too much with it. They said they're bringing it back for next season. I'm in favor of that. Maybe if they bring in some new team, like they have two completely different teams come in, or maybe you have the White Sox play every year and whoever the schedule makers have their opponent be when you want to have the Field of Dreams game. If they, you know, they just just so happen to play them or you get two completely different teams in there, I just hope they don't ruin it because they did everything absolutely perfect. That was so much fun to watch. I loved it so much. I hope they continue to do things like that because I think that is great, great for baseball was the Field of Dreams game. It was so much fun to watch. For all eight, I, generally it was more towards the older fan base like 20 plus because they're more they're more likely to have watched the field of dreams movie but so if maybe they did like a a sandlot maybe a sandlot type game or something like that to kind of draw the younger fans a little more maybe if that makes sense I don't know but I thought that the field of dreams game was absolutely perfect tip of the cap to major league baseball for doing it the way they did That's going to wrap it up for today's episode of Raise the Apple. Hopefully the Mets can end their four-game skid tonight. They got some work to do, but it is definitely far, far, far from being over. So don't give up hope now, you got to believe, and hopefully the boys can pull it out this week before a crucial stretch coming up with the Marlins and the Nationals. Make sure you subscribe if you're not already. Make sure you follow on Twitter, RT underscore pod, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. We'll see you next time. Let's go Mets. Don't stop till we're legends